You are listening to Faithless Brewing, a Magic the Gathering podcast for the Spike Road. Each week we design new decks for tournament play. We put our creations to the test and share our findings on the air. Coming up on the brew session, Resurgent Belief promises the glory of replenished decks of old. But can we find the tools to compete in today's modern? Join us for a deep dive into the land of enchantments as we take our brews beyond belief. That's all coming up on Faithless Brewing. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Faithless Brewing Podcast. I am your host, Dan Schriever, also known as Cave Dan Online. And I'm joined today all the way from Buenos Aires, Argentina. You know him as Morg to Light. It's Emmy Sagasti. Hey all, thanks Dan. How's it going? Doing great. All good in here. Just getting ready. I should be focusing a lot more on the fact that I have to take a plane for a trip in 24 hours and I still haven't even started doing anything of the things I have to do. So wish me luck and pray I don't forget something important. Yeah, that's exciting. Where are you going to? I'm just going to the south, going with a few friends for a skiing slash snowboard trip. So just having a lot of fun and coming back around the 14th. So just a small trip. I hope you, don't, you guys don't miss me too much for only a week. I'm just leaving you in the really capable hands of the CEO and David and hope they can come up with something. It's wild to hear you say you're, you're going for like a snowboarding and skiing trip. I just came back from like a camping trip today, actually, and the humidity was 85%. That, that, was that's... Like, wow. No. It was insane. It was like the temperature was in the 90s, but... It felt like 100. Well, actually, I, I'm going to be certain. We're in midwinter and humidity right now is 80%. When Aires is pretty humid. I mean, that's an insane number. Like, 50 is severe. 85 is dangerous. Right now we're at, at 70s. And my partner, my girlfriend, is from the south, right? It's, like, really dry. And she just comes here and it's like, everything gets wet. I just try to dry my clothes and they stay wet. She just complains because she hates everything about it. It's like constantly that state of, like that cold weather that's actually wet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's the worst. Well, I hope you have a good trip. Really looking forward to it. We are at the beginning of a different kind of journey. <laughs> like an attempt of really <laughs> smooth transition here. What a smooth transition, everybody. I would have said like, well, I hope you have a small trip, but I have a really disruption belief it's going to be something interesting. Oh, that's right, because we already announced the winner of our vote for this <laughs> monthly project. Smooth, then. Smooth. <laughs> so, in our Friday episode, we were joined by friend of the show, Anthony Menino, who is I Play Bad Decks on Magic Online and on Twitch. Went over a bunch of different lists that he's been having great success with. Some on the 5-0s, some not yet, not quite yet 5-0s. Definitely check that episode out, and we also reveal the results of the third monthly vote. Yes, sir. And the winner this time, which I'm pretty happy for, is Resurgent Belief. So walk us through what exactly is Resurgent Belief. So Resurgent Belief, the white card in the suspend non-mana cost cards in MH2, is a sorcery, which is suspend two, one, and a white, so it's actually like pretty close to Profane Tutor in how you can almost play it in a fair way, which reads, return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield, which means Dan is about to treat me like a baby and give me a lecture about Replenish. <laughs> well, let me ask you this question, Mord. I mean, what does Replenish mean anything to you? Like when you saw Resurgent Belief, were you like, ah, yes... The classic Replenish deck can live again in modern. Yes, but only because in the LCS I used to own. We were looking to make any fun formats because we used to sell proxies. So the idea was we were going to play standard around the ages. 
So it was a few weeks of tournaments which was just standard decks from any time. They had to be standard only. And one of those decks was Replenish. One of the most amazing things about the Replenish deck was that it was a standard legal deck. Because the effect is just like nuts, right? It's insane. <laughs> it makes no sense. Did you ever get to play with this deck in the rotation? I mean, it's just so stupidly powerful when you resolve Replenish and the game is just over. Yeah, and I just... Also, I used to just love Parallax Wave, so it was like love at first sight. So the deck played four Replenish, right? This is three and a white sorcery. Return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Exact same card as Resurgent Belief, but this just happened immediately. To set that up, right, you want to fill your deck with game-winning enchantments and put them in the graveyard. Parallax Tide and Parallax Wave, both printed in Nemesis, I think, were all legal at the same time as Replenish and Opalescence. Opalescence turns your enchantments, turns your other enchantments, that is, into creatures. Parallax Wave takes out all their creatures. Parallax Tide removes all their lands, so they can't cast anything anymore. They have no creatures left in play. And you're playing All-Star Card Attunement. I mean, I guess back then, like, I was just a kid. I didn't really have a sense of, like, whether this card was actually good. But it's two and a blue. All it does, so it's an enchantment, but all it does is you return it to your hand to, like, draw three, discard four. So what it does is digs you really deep for your replenishes, for your replenishes, 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 mm -hmm. <laughs> and also allows you to be in your parallax wave, tides, seals, and the one-off energy field. Right, so you're going down on cards every time you do this, but you're digging so deep in the deck, and all you're trying to do is resolve replenish, right? So you're going to get all this stuff back. Why does this play energy feel? Because you could get it back repeatedly. And people had no way to interact with enchantments back in 1992. Well, we're looking at a list from Worlds 2000. This is Tom Vanderlot's list. And I don't know the exact reason. I don't know what the metagame was. But I imagine that, you know, there's a lot of one-ofs in the deck. There's one energy field, one seal of cleansing, one seal of removal. Three Enlightened Tutors, one Mystical Tutor. So because you have Enlightened Tutor, you know, if there's a matchup where Energy Field is... Yeah, you could just go for it. Also, one of Wrath of God, and on the sideboard, beautiful cards like Two Days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can tell Magic Deck Building has evolved a lot, because now Combo Decks don't play Two Days on their sideboard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like this deck is like more or less correctly built. Like when you're trying to get up to four mana, you don't really want to be dazing. I agree. That's why you don't play it on your sideboard either. <laughs> but yeah, it's a spectacular deck from days gone by. Now, how many of these effects still exist? Well, Replenish got, I don't know what you call it, future shifted with retether, which only gets back your auras. So you could come up with like a replenish-like strategy using retether, but I think no one ever successfully pulled that off. Resurgent Belief gives you the full package. I'm going to intersect a second with talking about lif lifting refrain and how it's the worst card I have ever seen. What's wrong with that? Did you ever read that card? One in a blue, add a counter to it, a verse counter every upkeep, and then you can sacrifice it for like a mana leak equal to the number of counters on it. It's terrible! <laughs> It's a counterspell that you pay in advance. I'm not. I'm not gonna go into this. I'm just. No, I'm not gonna fight this one. I'm just gonna let that stay there. Are you familiar with the card Lunar Force? Luckily, I'm. I hope I'm not. I hope I'm not. Let me see. So this is from Eldritch Moon. Two in a blue enchantment. <laughs> Whenever an opponent casts <laughs> a spell, sacrifice Lunar Force <laughs> and counter that spell. An updated version of Hesitation, another one of those cards from Mord's in utero days. Yeah, Hesitation is the same, but for two, I'm seeing it right now. But this only counters opponent spells, Lunar Force. Wait, you're kidding me? No, Hesitation. No, why is this card so bad? <laughs> why? <laughs> why? <laughs> but anyway, I mean, David was thinking, like, okay, maybe we should resurrect the Lunar Force combo because we were thinking of, like, what are equivalent effects that play in a similar space to. Resurgent Belief, and we'll, we'll get to all that, because obviously Resurgent Belief, being from Modern Horizons 2, 
is not legal in Pioneer. So to bring the concept to Pioneer, we have to like find equivalent, similar but different effects, like Starfield of Nyx and so on. So we're this is something new, like a new concept that we're introducing to our monthly projects that when the card is not Pioneer legal, we're going to try and find a Pioneer twist of it. Like, same concept, different cards. They would probably not be very good. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there right now. But we have a couple of concepts at the end yeah. that we'll get to. So, yeah, you can find, like Starfield of Nyx, you can find like a pseudo-opalescence. Um, you can't find a Parallax Tide or a Parallax Wave. I mean, these cards are so unique. Those cards are so unique and so stupidly good that I'm happy they don't exist. They actually worked differently back in the day. Like, nowadays, you can actually, like, so they come with five fate encounters. You can, like, target five things in a row and then, in response, sacrifice your Parallax. Oh, I assume it always worked like that, and that's why it's busted. Like, No, it didn't always work like that. Why? What was the ruling before? Well, like, the stack didn't exist back then. <laughs> Any way of sacrificing this at instant speed is just Parallax Tide becomes four mana, destroy five five of your opponent's lands. There was also briefly like functional errata that said Parallax Wave cannot target itself because of like the specific opalescence interaction was causing problems with our limited understandings of how the rules of magic worked. <laughs> so the solution was to like just like slap, make up some errata out of thin air and be like, you can't target itself. <laughs> Old magic was so insane. Yeah. So a fun little blast from the past. Unfortunately, most of these cards are reserved list now, so we won't actually get a proper replenished deck uh, into modern. But I spent the whole day today discussing why Tide should be modern legal or an alternative <laughs> of Tide. Give Tide. Exactly. But I want to start with that replenish deck just because we're setting the bar high. Like this is this is the goal. This is the dream for research yes. and belief. Can we recapture that? So more like what are some of the rules things we should be aware of? Obviously, research and belief and replenish are not the same card. This one is using the suspend mechanic. So what we're looking at is a zero mana spell CMC equals zero, which means it works the exact same way as Living Hell, Footfalls, or Gleams. And can be cast of anything that says cast without paying its mana cost or instead of paying its mana cost. We're talking about stuff like Asphortone or elect- um, Electro... Electrodominance. Electrodominance. Those are the effects that would allow us to cast this for free alongside other effects. But also it could be cascaded into or suspended normally. A children's suspend is not that long. Like it's only one turn you're not getting the effect like in the middle and it only returns your enchantments and auras that have nothing to enchant stay in the graveyard. Which I don't think it's particularly relevant, but it's like an extra line of text in case you have like a a Cethys or, some, or something that draws or enchantment mm. CTV, you don't get those triggers if there's nothing for them to enchant. They don't go into play and into the graveyard. Interesting. Okay. Which is pretty minor, because mostly you will get something to enchant those auras into, but especially the auras we plan to include, but it's worth noting. So given that we know how Living End Crashing Footfalls decks like can be built, right? Do I just follow the same pattern? Like what what's my winning formula for making resurgent belief work? So what we have to do is get the enchantments in the graveyard as the first step. Second step is either finding the belief and casting it via X method, like as foretold as we said, or suspend, which that second point could be changed for cascade into and research and belief. And step three is make sure that whatever you get back is enough to win the game or put it insanely ahead. I mean, it sounds so simple when you put it that way, but... I mean, that's how Living End does it. Cycle, 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 cascade, win. When you like actually break it down into the component parts, I'm like, actually, all of these things just feel difficult to me. Like, specifically harder with research and belief than with Living End so, for a direct comparison. What's the biggest problem with research and belief? Like, conceptually... The first one is there's not as many enchantment cycle enchantments as there are enchantment creatures, which means automatically if you just go for the cycle, cascade, wind plan, you are a bad living end. You are susceptible to the, fa- to the same things with less payoff. Right, so you said step one, put your enchantments into the graveyard. You look at what are the available enchantments. Very, very few of them put themselves in the graveyard. In fact, they're 
the car, entire card type is designed to stay in play. And they're not as efficient as the creatures that do so. So if you try to go for a living end route, you end up being a worse living end. Not to say that these cards don't exist, right? There are cycling enchantments. There are enchantments with channel, channel for example. Um, some cards self-sacrifice. Any saga would do that. So there are some enchantments that like naturally put themselves in the graveyard. But it's going to take a long time. Yes. Um, so if we're not willing to wait... Like, we have to actually add some other, like, non-enchantment cards to the deck, Faithful Mending, or whatever you think is the best way to put enchantments directly into the graveyard. So, like, that's, that setup step is a lot harder for Resurgent Belief. So, even though it's Cascade it seems to be the best method of casting Resurgent Belief, we have to make sure the downside of not having any 1-drops or 2-drops is not too devastating. Right, so that's like step two, finding the Resurgent Belief and casting yes. it. Now, Cascade does both of those at once, which is so nice, right? It, it finds it and casts it all in one shot. But if we don't trust Cascade, like if we decide, okay, we have to play Faithful Mending, right? Because that's the only way to get these clunky Omniscience cards into the graveyard. We can't play Cascade anymore. So now we are assembling actually like an A plus B combo, possibly. Like I now I need to find... All of that, and I also need to find my Resurgent Belief, and I also need to find yeah. my... With the advantage tool. that Resurgent Belief being suspendable, like, let's say you're playing a mid-range game or a long game, a lot of the times, this has the advantage over something like, I don't know, Rhinos, which takes five turns. You can just turn four or five, suspend your your Resurgent Belief, and you're pretty likely to just get it by turn seven. Like, two turns is not that much of a time, especially when what you're getting has haste in that sort of thing because you're getting enchantments or creatures like you don't need to attack with them okay so you're saying that i don't actually need to sp i don't need to find a way to cast resurgent belief it just casts itself it's it's useful like i, I wouldn't play a deck without ways to cast it because in a lot of matchups you're not gonna get that but if i'm playing any sort of mid-range slash controlling build i really see a, in, a, in a way against a control deck or a four color deck or a mid-range deck just Okay, this turn four, I'm gonna suspend this, and on turn six, we're gonna fight the counter war over it, and I'm gonna have all my mana open. So let's assume that we've successfully executed all these steps so far. We've put our enchantments in the graveyard. Very exciting. We resolve resurgent belief. You know, we found it, cast it, and we're doing the thing. We're bringing our enchantments back. The last step was actually winning the game, and here too, like when I was going through Scryfall trying to find the enchantments, I was getting a little concerned, like. Not many of these enchantments scream like instant win, right? And not only do you have to win the game, but you have to overcome whatever your opponent was doing all this time, right? Unlike unlike Living End, you don't wipe their board or anything like that. Exactly. So I think that's a bigger issue. You're not interacting with them at all. You need to find... So that's where the, where belief splits into two paths of believing. <laughs> okay. We have our brewers talking about the insanity of finding a way to board of making this an A plus B plus B plus C combo where you get something like Omniscience into your graveyard and this is a win button. And then we have the other side of the argument which is like, we can play a sort of controlling game, turn two, bounce something with a Colossal Sky Turtle, turn three, cycle a Lake Claim, turn four, maybe play a Supreme Verdict, and maybe turn five, get a Resource Belief. Or you're playing a sort of mid-range deck slash control deck that has this as its payoff. Where you just, after a medium to long game, you just resolve the resolution belief and it's going to pull you so far ahead you're going to win the game. So that's where we lay on. Where do we, which angle we plan to fight. Because I think there's three three ways to build this deck. A, cycle, 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 leaving um, Cascade, try to win. B, get something really powerful into the graveyard, use this as an enchantment reanimation spell and try to win with that. C, use this as a control win con. I think option A gets disqualified because you just end up being bad living end. Okay, yeah, I mean, that is the big question, right? Like, is, is there anything you can do with this that is not just a bad living end? So I think that pulls us straight into options B or C, and I have no idea which is better. I'm talking completely from unknowing. Those are the options I think we have to focus our examination on to see, can we make this different, or I'm not saying better, but at least different than living end. Because if we just go for option A, which is like turn one, cycle like claim, turn two, cycle shark typhoon, turn three, resolve this with a cascade effect, yeah, we're gonna steal a land and get a shark typhoon, but we still have to win the game. Even it would get three five fives, one with hexproof, and destroy your opponent's board. 
Right. So let, let's use omniscience as an example, right? This is one of like the really exciting enchantments. Yeah, with omniscience, I mean something that's just gonna win the game on its own, right? I mean something so powerful. Well, I hope so. Maybe two sunward conversions works as well, or a cure of the seagull plus a form of the dragon. Right. I mean, like the the fact that omniscience doesn't actually win the game is is very concerning to me. <laughs> Like now, now I need like two enchantments to win. I need omniscience plus something else. You just go, you just go A plus B plus C and M Ragul. It's just twenty combo. You are M Ragul, and you are like fuck M M R M Ragul M E. Trust me, M E M E Ragul. Yeah, but like these other cards, I I'm guessing that people have never cast the same word conversion. No, never. <laughs> like, do people even know what this is? Right, this is eight mana. Six green green. It says that let me just look it up so I get it correct. Sandworm convergence. It makes a five five on every step and only and creatures that fly can't attack. Creatures with flying can't attack you or your planeswalkers. At the beginning of your end step, you get a five five worm. They have to fight the sandworms if they want to attack you. Yeah, they have to fight through the sandworms. So I used to think those were the only two alternatives. But somewhere in Discord actually gave me a fourth idea that we're going to discuss later, which is to just play a bunch of enchantments that sacrifice themselves. Not discard, but sacrifice. Smaller enchantments. Yeah, just use it to get back six bad cards. All right, so, I mean, the power of these relative paths depends on, like, what enchantments we choose. I think we need to, like, consider, like, what some of those might be so we can start to envision, like how these decks might shape up. So let's just talk about the biggest possible enchantments since we're on this subject. Like we talked about omniscience, right? Let's say I somehow discard the omniscience on turn one. You know, I cast my otherworldly gaze and then turn two, <laughs> electro dominance, get omniscience into play. Did I win? Like, well, maybe, maybe it depends on what else is in my hand. So that's like a little bit alarming. But like, what about some of these other enchantments? So Sandworm Convergence, if it happens early, I could see that winning the game. Kiora Bessa's Sea God is a saga, right? So it brings an 8-8 Hexproof token first, then it taps your opponent's stuff, and then you gain control of something. Does that win the game? Kinda? Maybe? I don't think... Uh, it, the thing is, when, does, when do you resolve this? Depends if it wins you the game. Right... Okay, what about, um, you said form of the dragon, right? So that does five damage per turn and puts you at five? <laughs> no, that's not, that's a way to the game. Kyora, like, a turn for Kyora plus another enchantment, I think gets you far ahead into the game that it's bound to win it for you in a lot of scenarios. But it doesn't get you back, like, it doesn't win you the game if your opponent has an overwhelming board state, right? What if they have an overwhelming splendor? Does that do anything for you? <laughs> then, it's about to, then it might win you the game. Overwhelming splendor is, is, for example, against four color control, they either get the fairy or they cannot remove it, and it's going to win you the game. Because mo most of what that clear does is just going to be. But, oh no! Wait. Can four color control beat overwhelming splendor? So, overwhelming splendor, six white, white, enchantment, or a curse. You enchant your opponent with it. Creatures enchanted player controls lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. Enchanted player can't activate abilities that aren't mana abilities or loyalty abilities, so they, they are still allowed to activate their planeswalkers. But everything else becomes a 1-1 one, one with no text. Yeah, and it stops cards like Teferi. Well, they can they can still use Teferi to balance this. No, no! Enchanted player can activate abilities that are... Oh, yeah, they can activate abilities. I, w I was wrong. Okay, I read it the other way around. It's really disappointing in that respect. <laughs> yeah, if, they, if it stopped the fade, it would be amazing because it literally leaves for color with no outs. Like, I mean, nine mana march. Hmm. So, I, yeah, I mean, this is a possibility, right? Like, maybe this is the go-to card. Another card I've seen suggested is Cruel Reality. Cruel Reality also occurs. This is 7 mana. Enchant player. At the beginning of Enchanted Player's upkeep, they have to sacrifice a creature or a planeswalker. And then if they can't do that, they lose 5 life. So it eats a resource every turn or kills them. But does this win the game? Depending on the turn. 
That's the problem. Like, if we can get this consistently by turn four or three, yes. If not, no. Mm. <laughs> because these effects are not as strong as a living end effect. So you're not wiping your opponent's board. You are not getting a lot of creatures. So you need actually to get this pretty early. All right, last one. What about Aldrazi Conscription? Like, this one I have seen just end the game immediately, yeah. usually with like Storm Herald. You could, in theory, pair like a Storm Herald shell with Enchantment Reanimator. I don't know if Resurgent of Belief is actually the card for it. I think Retether might just be a cleaner way to do that. <laughs> just more efficient. But in theory, yeah, like in theory, if you feel like Eldrazi Conscription is your best bet, Storm Herald is another card to consider. I didn't even know Retether existed. I mean, it's never seen any play. No, why does it? Why does it say only creatures? That sucks. Did it really oh, work? it says only creatures? What? Were they really oh, so scared of that that I couldn't get back Abundant Growth even? <laughs> come on! Well, this prevents you from getting back a curse, so you actually can't you can't get back the overwhelming splendor now. Okay, this also stops Lay Claim, which would be half-decent. Mm. That's a bummer. <laughs> devastated. That got devastated by that. Well, all right. So, so far, I mean, among the super big enchantments, I, I haven't seen, like, the card there yet. So maybe I should be looking more at the reasonable cards that either cycle themselves or put themselves in the graveyard. And you've me mentioned a few of them already. Also, stuff that has a lot of upside are cards that not only cast these, but are also enchantments, which is mostly Fires of Invention and As Foretold. True. Fires of Invention allows you to play this for free while you are cycling or doing stuff with your remaining mana, which is really interesting. Especially if you are playing stuff like Sky Turtle or Sky Turtle or Sky Turtle. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another decent. Well, cycling Shark Typhoon to make sharks, yeah. for example. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's neat that Fires of Invention, as foretold, and even Ardent Plea, if we're going to be really technical, that's an enchantment. Yeah. Um, not that that makes a huge difference, but yeah, so these are adding to your enchantment density of your enchantment themed deck while also giving you extra ways to cast Resurgent Belief immediately. Exactly. Then we go from the, so the big enchantments would go into a faithless, into a faithless bending, tainted indulgence, sort of more all in on a combo deck, like a reanimator deck that wants to get back enchantments rather than a cascade or a value deck. You're trying to win the turn or get so insanely ahead that you win the turn you resolve your your belief. Mm -hmm. Then we go to the almost other side of the argument in some scenarios with stuff like Colossal Sky Turtle, which allow you, which allow you to play a fair game, but also will be great at just getting them back. Or touch as the spiritual, which have good effects when channel and also can be just got them back. So let me just ask you an honest question. If I put four Colossal Sky Turtles into my deck with the intention of channeling them, like how far behind am I? Because it's not a super powerful or efficient channel effect. Not as much as you think. Like, two mana bounce is not terrible in a lot of scenarios. Like, it's not great, but also the fact it's a three mana regrowth. Like, I have seen worse effects. That, uh, like the number of times I have Otawara in the last week says a lot. Okay. Also, a card I didn't even consider, I haven't I had forgotten about its existence, but could be at least interesting, is unpredictable cyclone. Yeah, I mean that's super interesting and card I don't know how to use it, so let let's remind ourselves what this card does. Five mana enchantment. If a cycling ability of another non-land card would cause you to draw a card, Instead, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a card that shares a card type with the cycle card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then put the other exile cards in the bottom of your library. To make it short, let's say I cycle any enchantment. Instead of drawing, I reveal from the top and then I cast any enchantment I hit for free. This is from Ikoria. I remember like trying to come up with some decks for it and I kept running into the problem that you would just hit another unpredictable cyclone. Like, you, the first one would <laughs> spin into a second one, which does nothing. No, because the, the, way, the way you built this deck was you play the cyclone and you play big creatures and you cycle creatures. 
I see. Okay. So you played like Emrakul or like big creatures and you cycle stuff like the turtle that gets itself into play. Yeah, I couldn't come up with any way to like either break this or even guarantee hitting a certain card every time. Oh no, you can't. No, no, but the thing was, you just played four. What's the name of the turtle that shuffles itself into the deck? Oh, the dinosaur turtle? Yodaro, yeah. wandering monster? So what happened was, you either hit a Yodaro, which was a 7-7 haste, or you hit like an Emrakul. So, worst case scenario, I mean, you played some other bad cycles, like, I don't remember exactly, you had like a few of the bad ones, but it still was like a 5-5 hex, hexproof. So you always start this hmm. hitting something good. Okay. That's how you break the card. Yeah, so getting an unpredictable cyclone into play is not easy, right? It costs five, but you could cycle it and then get it back off Resurgent Belief. It's a lot of steps. I'm not quite seeing it yet. Crater Tanuki is a ramp spell that lets you have six fight later. Sunblade Samurai is like Timeless Dragon if Timeless Dragon was extremely bad. So the cards that like jump out as immediately playable besides a Sky Turtle are cast out and lay claim, right? So you cycle these, cast out as one to cycle, lay claim is two to cycle. You're falling behind when you do it, but these will at least catch you up when you resolve your, your big spell. Yeah, and Typhoon, which it's missing here. Shark Typhoon is also missing here. It's right there. It's the oh, it's there. The I, well, I was reading Cast Out and Lake Lake, which are like 2 and 5th, and I was ignoring Shark Typhoon, which was right in the middle. Okay. Wow, I'm dumb. I was like, wait, it's here. <laughs> it's, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah, it's yeah. here. So I think the four more playable ones are exactly as you said. Colossal Lake Lake, Cast Out, mostly because they cycle for one, so it's like a bad country, but at least for one mana it's letting you a card. Hmm. And then they are extremely good to get back. Cast out as a removal. That worst case scenario is a four mana removal with flash. So if it's bad, it's not terrible. And Lake Lane with an extremely powerful effect. Shrek Typhoon, you can cycle at any amount, at any cost, nets your body, and then an extremely powerful enchantment. Don't discount Touch of the Spirit Realm. Touch is interesting if we have any way to treat. Like, if we're playing a more controlling version and there's any chance we play stuff like Solitude, I love this. Right, you, you want to use it for its channel ability, which blinks a creature. Because if not, you're just like um, exiling, a, you're just like bouncing a, a creature upon its control, right? Well, yeah, I mean, if you can just cast it for three as an Oblivion Ring, but then No, it's no, not... I mean, for two mana, it also targets things your opponent's control, like you can kill and oh, use I a see. token. Yeah. A Correct. saga token. Correct, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a short list of cards with cycling and channel, but like there are some playable ones there. This could be the core of our Resurgent Belief deck. From there, we consider things like sagas or enchantments that you know sacrifice or put themselves in the graveyard some other way. Urza Saga, of course, stands out as the only enchantment land. I mean, this this might be the key. I don't know. Fable as a mirror breaker. Fable seems amazing as a. An enchanter that gets itself into a graveyard because everybody kills the third step. And B, a looter. So it's an enchantment, a looter, and literally a threat on its own. Fable of the Mirror Breaker seems perfect, yes. Yeah, it's one of the cards I want you to try the most. And the bad idea we were talking about is what if you play stuff like Seal of Cleansing, Seal of Fire, um, Omen of the Seas, Sterling Row, Rest Down, Fable of the Mirror Breaker... And in that deck, you just feature something like As Foretold. And once you just play like two, three seals, you'll opponent, you use a fable, the fable died. When you looted, you got away something like Invasion of the Giants. And you just win the game when you just get back six cards. Well, I mean, I would love that. that... <laughs> did I cast these cards or did they just end up in the graveyard? I think I'm just casting. Like, turn one, seal of fire, maybe kill something like a monkey. Then I can on turn two, on turn three, play a fable. Turn four, I use a dress down. And it's just gonna let you so much card advantage. Dress down is unironically played, right? That's a powerful modern level card. Fable and dress down and omen of the seas are particularly good as actual good cards. You can feature in your deck and it's not gonna damage it. And then on a step below that, you have. 
Seal of Removal, Seal of Fire, and Sterling Grove as bad cards that are meh. Like, a lot of the time, Seal of Fire killing a monkey or Seal of Fire against uh, um, something like Hammer is amazing. When I'm playing against Hammer, going turn one Seal of Fire on the play, meaning like you can kill a Esper Sentinel without paying mana or you don't have to hold up mana against a Hammer, it's amazing. So, it's like, hmm. so Seal of Fire and Seal of Removal are main cards that have huge upside in the right scenario, so I don't hate them. Like, I would play them in my deck if I have a, enough upside for it. I was playing them with Broadback, and it was decent. Oh, that's another card we can play. Yeah. Yeah, especially if we go for this plan, where we're actually getting stuff in short graveyard pretty aggressively. So if you're going to put these small enchantments in, you're definitely not playing Cascades. You do have to like go for a different path. I think you can feature as foretold. Or the good thing is, if you're playing like really mid-range, you can just as easily play... Um, suspend it pretty comfortably because I picture like turn one I do this turn two I play removal removal turn three fable and I can really picture something like turn four hold up press down and suspend this for a turn six blowout the turn six blowout they never saw it coming so I was laughing today because I was streaming and literally the phrase was that somebody quote me Yorion or Time those are my only wincons <laughs> death by Yorion or Timer that's all that matters and yeah, this is it. This is a way to get back a lot of card advantage pretty easily. All right, so a few other categories of enchantments to just keep in your mind. The Enchantress deck in Modern incorporates prison elements, and there, there are prison enchantments. Blood Moon, of course. Blood Sun. Solitary Confinement, which technically discards cards, right? If you were... I can't be... That's the most technically I have ever seen. <laughs> you just said, technically... Omen of the Seas is a is a card advantage spell. <laughs> Correct. Dovescape was suggested by someone. Um, that counters all non-creature spells, converts them into doves, which is actually kind of interesting. I mean, Dovescape plus... What's the name of the red one? I don't know the red one, but Dovescape plus Sandworm Convergence would, no. would be a lock. Um, Dovescape plus... We were talking about this card a few minutes ago. Form of the Dragon is a win, is win, right? No, because... Yeah, Creatures Without Flying... Oh, Creatures Without fl- Oh, no, sorry, it's it's three cards. My bad. It's Splendor, Form of the Dragon, and Dovescape. That's how you how Prison used to win. Those three cards lock out the game. Your opponent can't cast on creature spells, and they can't attack you. Well, you can simplify with Sandworm Convergence. That just prevents the oh, dogs yeah. from attacking you immediately. Yeah, but the thing with Form of the Dragon is that it wins the game because it fights them as your opponent. That's what they used to do. The thing is, something happened on the last couple of months, which is called Kamigawa, which includes Boseishon of the <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. So your luck becomes a lot worse. But still, as we said, Dubscape plus conversions is bound to win you the game. So maybe like prison is just not the way to go. Uh, on the other hand, there are several enchantments that do lend themselves to combos. And we can call them instant win combos if we want to be super optimistic. But, you know, some of these are cards you've heard of, like Hive Mind plus any pact can kill the opponent immediately. Um, that's probably the best of them. But there's there's weirder ones like Rooftop Storm with... Acerarak the Archlich lets you venture into the dungeon as many times as you want. That's a two-card win with the only huge problem that on MTCO, I think it required seven minutes. It took me eight minutes, and I just couldn't do it after that. Like I, I played this through one league. Um, not with a resurgent belief, obviously. Yeah, just yeah. A dedicated rooftop storm combo deck, and boy, that was tough to click through. Um, so but yeah, in paper you could do it. In paper it's easy. In paper you just announce the infinite. So Possibility Storm, Xenagos, God of Revels. I mean, these are cards that you sometimes see as part of like a 1-2 A plus B combo. And they are enchantments, so you could bring them back with Resurgent Belief. A neat one is the card Life and Limb that turns all lands into 1-1 one, one Sapperlings. And then if you also have a second piece, like a Curse of Death's Hold, for example... Um, you just destroy all your opponent's lands forever. It gets a little weird. I think the the best like straight up combo enchantment besides Hive Mind would just be Dryad of the Elysian Grove. Yeah, but then I, I just want to play Dryad and stop messing with stuff. 
Well, here's food for thought for you. Dryad of the Elysian Grove, Ren and Six, Urza's Saga, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Bring to light for escape shift, but bring to light can also cast Resurgent Belief. So I just need <laughs> one Resurgent Belief in my deck, and everything I've named so far is an enchantment besides Ren and Six. Okay, that's some beautiful bad stuff. So like one escape shift, one Resurgent Belief, and then a bunch of enchantment-adjacent value control cards. What I do love is if we go slightly below cards like Elsper Conquers Death. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's just like a good value enchantment, right? Like, there's plenty of cards that happen to have the enchantment type line. They, they remove things from the game. Elspeth Conquers. Um, what else? Nealis Reborn. Nealis Reborn is not particularly playable. Binding of the Old Gods is really interesting. I just love Binding. Yeah, I mean, we like Showdown of the Scalds. That's pretty good. Even something small like a Spreading Seas. What about Doom Foretold? That's everything we want you to do. Put stuff in the graveyard, it goes itself on the graveyard, it's an enchantment. I kind of love it. Yeah, why not? I mean, you were describing one of the paths as a control deck that happens to have Resurgent Belief as one of its win conditions. Right of Oblivion, Doom Foretold, Treacherous Blessing, Resurgent Belief. Okay, so we're sacrificing the Treacherous Blessing. Then we're getting it back to draw more cards. Maybe? Then we can play... Okay. No, sorry. I was about to say something great, and then I realized Emdicious um, Magic Sacks and Dance of the Mans can't, be- can't get back auras. We don't need Dance of the Mans. We have Resurgent Belief. That's plenty. Get some hatching plans in there, maybe. Get some beautiful hatching plans. Get a Clothis. Get an Out of Time. <laughs> Not Out of Time. <laughs> okay, not that, but everything else sounds cool. <laughs> we can get a Timaret calls the dead, maybe a Fall of the Throne in there. Oh my gosh. E- um, <laughs> what else? We're bringing enchantments back, right? Do we want to play enchantment creatures? Obviously, a Dryad is the only good one, but I mean, I've I've played I've played worse enchantment creatures. Gravebreaker Lamia is kind of funny. That that tutors more things into the graveyard. Doomwake Giant, the Earl of Doomwake. And it combos with life in them, if you want to do that. Thought Render Lamia actually you know, we talked about how you need to actually catch up and pull ahead when you resolve your resurgent belief. And I think Thought Render Lamia is one of the more reasonable ways to do that. It basically makes your opponent discard their hand. What the fuck is Thought Render Lamia? Thought Render Lamia is a 6-mana enchantment creature, 5-3, but that's not really the relevant part. The relevant part is the Constellation ability. Any enchantment ET being for you makes him discard a card. Whoa, this card, this card is hideous. <laughs> no judgment. God damn, is it ugly. Corsair of Crufix, the Pioneer running 6, <laughs> if you want that. Don't and, uh, call Shigeki. her that. Don't call my sweet baby that. She doesn't deserve it. And a really interesting one is Shigeki Jukai Visionary, which works on two different ways favorably with Resurgent Belief. One is a channel card. Um, so if you just want to like channel it, maybe you got Fires of Invention going, get some stuff back, you can do that. But if you just cast it and activate its tap ability, it, it also fills up the graveyard. Yeah. Um, while digging for stuff. I don't hate so. Shigeki at all. So these are all other cards to consider, right? You might also look for... Okay, are there any... any okay, are there any other enchantments that just help us loot or fill the graveyard? And you find that, like, Fable is by far the best one. You mentioned Timurek Calls the Dead. I mean, there's Nyx Weaver, if you... Yeah, I think the only playable ones... My only problem with Timurek Calls the Dead is that it forces me into black... Yeah, I mean, Which I'm not it's, sure it's going to be modern, go. right? We can, we can do it if we have to. Like, what is a must? Is it? Is white a must? No, I don't think so. Blue is a must. <laughs> there's, there's no sacred cows here. Everything is possible. Blue is a must uh, and red is a must for most of these versions. 
Because you have Omen, Seal, Sky Turtle, Lake Claim, Shark Typhoon, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, which are likely all the best possible cards. Well, we don't have a lot of evidence to go on. So, in the history of modern, only one resurgent belief <laughs> deck has ever gotten a 5 0 and been published. Um, this was from the player Geonax in April of this year. Not so long ago. And it follows what Moore described as option C, right? Control deck that happens to win with resurgent belief. Yeah, this one doesn't even have a way to play it, right? Yeah, correct. So the enchantment package is for Shark Typhoon, which is a reasonable card. Four Lay Claim, which is not a reasonable card, but you know you can cycle it. Two Cast Out to Cycle, and one Dress Down. So it's only 11 enchantments. So the Four thing with Lay Claim is that it cycles on its own, and it's likely the most powerful enchantment in the game. Well, I don't know about that. No, no, I mean that you can just get back with, like, sorry. It's likely the best <laughs> enchantment that creates the graveyard on its own, okay. and has a pretty powerful effect. Like, control, okay. taking control of a permanent, we know it's something that's worth at least four mana, generally. It's worth more than a Shark Typhoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. Okay. In most cases, it is. Um, and it enables itself by just being two mana cycle, which never... Two mana colorless, even. Which we never hate to see. So Geonax put those enchantments, cast out Shark Typhoon, they claim... For Resurgent Belief, with no other cards, like no as for tool here, no, nothing dedicated to casting Resurgent Belief. And with that 15-card package, they just surrounded it with control pieces. Counterspell, Archmage's Charm, Prismatic Ending, Supreme Verdicts. 2018, a Sodius Control staple Porphyry notes on the sideboard. <laughs> yes, a couple Seal of Cleansings in there too, for the synergy, and don't forget Soul Snare. One of Soul Snare on the sideboard. I have no idea what Soul Snare is. <laughs> oh, this is bad. <laughs> Wait, I thought this card was from for Mono Horizons. I thought it was like a conspiracy card. I think it was a conspiracy card, and they, they printed it into Modern Horizons. Oh, okay, okay, makes sense. Yeah, it was hmm. from Commander. Commander, so it's single white enchantment. It's supposed to be like a rattlesnake card, if I can borrow commander terminology. I don't hate it. Sacrifice snows there and pay a white to exile a creature that's attacking you or a planeswalker you control. I don't hate this card. I kind of hate it. I, I regret bringing it up. I mean, it does what we want it to do, right? It plays really well to what the concept is. Every time you put it in, it could have been a solitude. That's the thing. But can you get back with assertion belief? Uh-huh. <laughs> so our our proven concept, or proof of concept, if you want to call it that, is a pretty boring, to be honest, blue-white control deck. Oh, come on. That's what I wanted to play. Oh, sorry. It's a pretty sweet blue-white control deck. <laughs> now I, I don't trust you. Now, now, I heard, now, now I'm hurt. I wanted no, sorry. This is pretty close to what I wanted to try. I wanted to try something like that that actually played some number of Skydrill and actually had a way of casting the belief. Well, Sky Turtle makes it interesting. Like Sky Turtle is an interesting card. Where th this deck did not even have that. This deck just had delay claims. Also, I would play Orion. Mm. But we know that. So another variant on like the blue-white control. Um, something that I saw Jim Davis playing when the card came out, you know, it had a similar idea that he's going to try to buy time to get these things off suspend. So blue-white control, counter spells, Yorian. force negations, etc. Is he playing Yorian here? Of course he is. Big deck energy here. So we didn't talk about this card in specific, which is actually a card I can't believe we went over with, which is Thirst for Meaning. Well, I don't actually think it's very good, right? This is an enchantment synergy card, so Jim Davis is playing four. It's two and a blue. Instant. Draw three, discard two. Or draw three, discard an enchantment. I don't hate it as a card advantage spell. 
Right. I mean, if you're thinking I want to like go up on cards, then yeah, this is one of the better deals, but it's so slow. Like if your goal is to fill the graveyard, this is a very, very slow way to do that. Yeah. Like I'm not convinced this is better than Faithful Mending, even in a deck with enchantments. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Unless, of course, you're going to Cascade. Then it's a whole different game. Oh, yeah. If you're playing Cascade, I love it. But yeah, so Jim Davis, he wrote about this on, on his articles and has some YouTube videos, too. Uh, he chose to play like a much broader suite of enchantments, right? So the four Shark Typhoons, yes, but only two Lay Claims. Instead, he was playing things like um, Birth of Melitus, Spreading Seas. Uh, he did play the four As Foretolds because he wanted to play, in addition to Resurgent Belief, he also wanted to play four Ancestral Vision. And now it's like, okay, now I have two different cards that pay me off for putting the As Foretold in my deck. So, also, this deck is only featuring 28 lands. Sorry, 27. Which is a pretty low total. Hmm. Maybe he was counting on the countries getting through that, but 27 lands is pretty low. Also, this deck was was made before I think MH even released, or was pretty close to that. That's why Prismatic Ending and Assertion Belief are among the lands. And that's why he's only playing two, because people still thought that card wasn't amazing. Yeah, this is a very old list, very old list. Um, but he's got some more recent versions on his YouTube channel. The deck's like, okay, it didn't like it didn't feel to me like it could justify its own existence based on how powerful yeah. it was. <laughs> I'm looking at Anthony's version, which we're going to talk about next, and remind me to tell him I hate him when we talk to him again. <laughs> okay. So let's set blue-white aside for a second, and let's just think bigger. Think, think a little more colorful. So what if we go four-color, non-black? Okay, I'm listening. We have four Sky Turtle, four Consider, four Prismatic Ending, four Throat Scour. What are we trying to get back? Well, the only thing to get back is Cruel Reality and Colossal Sky Turtle. But we have so many cards because we have Electrodominance, Final of Promise, and As Foretold to get back things. Why don't we also play four Crushing Footfalls? So this is Anthony Menino's deck, and he was messing with this in June. We didn't talk about it on Friday. It's not one of his like more successful brews, but I love the way he thinks about cards, the way he puts things together. So I was intrigued by this combination of cards. You don't see Thoughtscour that often. Thoughtscour is not a bad idea at all. Electrodominance and Finale of Promise. So this deck is definitely capable of like going off, quote unquote, on turn one. If you if you just mill the yeah. right card on turn one. Either Electrodominance or Finale of Promise can cast Resurgent Belief immediately on turn two. Dan, think of, think of the dream. Turn one, opponent says Death Thought Scour, mill two Cruel Realities, turn two, Electrodominance, double Cruel Reality, opponent takes ten. Come on, Dan, think of the possibilities. That sounds good. I mean, I would definitely replace Thought Scour with Otherworldly Gaze. That seems like a glaring oversight. I don't know what Anthony was thinking here. <laughs> Mord laughs. He's like, he's joking, but I'm not. No, joking. no, no. It's... Dan, Dan, the last time I thought you were joking, you were talking about Lizard Shredder and Mishra's Bubble. I promise never to laugh to you about, about whatever you say again. I said that. How many days did it take for someone to do that to you? It took one day. <laughs> I think it was on, on release, and I sent you the picture. It was, this man is insane, and it became status quo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, what are we looking at here? We're trying to Similar to Jim Davis, Anthony is thinking, all right, if I'm going to go far enough to like put these dedicated cards in my deck that cast suspend spells, right? So he's good, he's playing Electrodominance and Finale. Jim Davis was playing As Foretold. He's also playing As Foretold. Oh, okay, there it is. So- and has 11 ways to cast Cascade spells. Correction, Anthony has 11 ways to cast Cascade spells. And if you have that many... Like, you might as well put in more Cascade spells. So that's why we see the Crashing Footfalls here, or the Ancestral Visions in Jim Davis's list. What I would love to see in Anthony's version is, have, I think, at least two or three more enchantments. I think the count is really low, maybe something like Lay Claim as a two or three of. And I love that he plays a really low land count, because his deck is literally eight cantrips and two mana spells. 
Wow, there's like no enchantments in here. <laughs> I was like, something is missing. Yeah, it's Cruel Reality and Sky Turtle. Okay. That's it. Hmm. So I think I would add at least two or three lay claim for a bit of other consistency, but I love the rest. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to make the numbers work out. Like, I can see how if you hit the Cruel Reality on, on turn two, you'll win, but I mean, the, the odds are against that happening. I mean, Cruel Reality turn three, if it comes alongside a Sky Turtle, I think it's good enough for most games. Most games getting a 6-5 that's pretty hard to remove alongside that really powerful um, aura is bound to either win you the game or put your opponent so far behind that a Rhinos the next turn is going to beat them. Yeah, you just need you just need so many more enchantments in the deck to like have that be reliable. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. You just, there's a lot of moving pieces for any Resurgent Belief deck. But yeah, I, we love the idea. I love that it's just a really low like land total because there's just mostly cantrips, and I would love to dig into that a bit. So let's just look at a couple more concepts. So we're drawing here from ideas in our Faith Experience Discord. This comes to us from First Turn Negator, uh, whom you interviewed a couple weeks ago, Mord. Yeah, so First Turn Negator goes for the biggest version of them all. So far, we have seen versions a bit more mid-range, a bit more controlling. First on the other one went, okay, I'm gonna fit Defend Time Raveler, Brennan 6, Valky, Omnath in my deck. And then I'm gonna add enchantments that I think will win me the game in the form of Lay Claim, Curse of Death's Hole. Let me see what that is. Okay, Curse of Death's Hole. Creatures enchanted player controls gets minus one, minus one. Some more conversions, a bunch of looting effects in the form of Iset Charm and Prismari Command alongside Unmarked Grave to get the aura you need to want back, 4 Belief and 4 Bring to Light to go get it. This is beautiful. So he writes, this is where I'm likely to start, non-cascade 80 cards, excuse the lazy non-mana base, we love you for starting a or nothing to apologize for. I went for a reanimator style that should win at least as often if not more when resolving belief than persisting an Archon. He also thinks Shark Typhoon is a trap because he thinks the 1-1 or 2-2 is not going to be relevant and just, hard, and just getting a Typhoon in place is not going to win you the game. Iset Charm might be a sleeper, maybe terrible, and Fable might be the MVP of the deck as we all guess because I think Fable is the perfect card for this archetype. So there's some really intriguing hypotheses built into this deck. And that comment about Shark Typhoon is, is one of the most interesting ones. Because I think every deck we've talked about so far assumes that Shark Typhoon is one of the better cards and we should be playing four. But what if what if Soren is right? What if First Turn Negator is correct that you know people who play Shark Typhoon are not looking to hardcast it and therefore cheating one into play is also like not that great? I think I only work I only want Shark Typhoon in the more controlling versions where I'm not trying to win with the belief but rather get a lot of value. Because when I'm playing the control game afterwards, even if the initial belief is not gonna be strong enough, the sharks will. Like if I'm not playing a controlling version that's trying to win a long game, I don't want Shark Typhoon. Okay. And the comparison to persisting an archon of cruelty is also kind of well, haunting in some way. It's like, that's so easy, right? Just put Archon in the graveyard and persist it. Soren is saying he imagines that you can come up with something stronger, but is that true, right? Does Overwhelming Splendor, Sandworm Convergence, Lay Claim, do these cards like actually do more than Archon? Uh, I think you actually need to bring back like two or three enchantments to like make sure that that's actually true. Yeah, to be an Archon. And then the, the, the last question is how is this deck actually finding Resurgent Belief, right? We're, we can't Cascade because we're playing Abundant Growth, Ren and Six, for example. We're playing Unmarked Grave. So it actually falls to bring to light as, as the primary way to both tutor for... As the tutor plus casting effect. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool that that works. Resurgent Belief is one of the few suspend cards that might actually be worth five mana. I mean, Replenish is completely... Um would be completely busted at four, so it's not that crazy to think that five would be a good amount. So does that mean that Bring to Light is like a serious contender as the go-to tutor piece? I think it might be. Yeah, we need our deck to be able to go up to five mana, and I think he makes a perfect case for that, adding Brennan Six, Tefedi, and Fable in that giving you a pretty solid 
unfair a game plan, right? Mm. Like, those are not easy cards to beat. The card I don't love is Unmarked Grave. I think I would prioritize more looting effects. Maybe the charm is nowhere near close enough, but I don't know. What would be a good way to loot consistently? I think Unmarked Grave makes sense, right? Because you don't want to... You don't want to leave anything to chance. You're only playing, let's say, generously say 11 enchantments that win the game in your 80-card deck. Even looting three or four times is not going to guarantee finding one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I get where you come from. Tolaria West is also a really smart idea. Tolaria West's Transmute finds your resurgent belief. Yes. You then have to suspend it, which is not great. But... No, no, I mean... In this deck specifically, yes, but when we are playing in version like the one Anthony is playing, I think a one of Tolari is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you can ask for Tol to just snap it off immediately. Yeah, or Electrodominance for a 5-mana spell or such. All right, let's briefly discuss that Seals concept before we wrap up here. So... Epocally built a deck, which Epocally, I'm going to try to say this with as much love I have in my heart. The initial cons- the concept is great. The build, I won't use adjectives for it because I love you. So I won't describe what I think about it. I'm just going to say I think the concept is amazing. And it is likely what I'm going to go for first. The idea here is that if you believe in seals then you can build a deck that is seals plus good cards and have like a decent control strategy. Yes. Seals, Destiny Spinner, um, and then Resortion Belief. Weaver of Harmony, I don't think it's good enough, but maybe because it's bound to die. You can also play cards that you know are going to die if you're playing something like this, like Spirited Companion, right? Mm. Cards that you know are bound to just die alongside sagas like Birds of Melodies or stuff like the 4-mana saga that removes a creature. Just trying to play a controlling game via enchantments. Like, literally, via enchantments. Trying to build your own living end out of Spirited Companions. <laughs> try, to build your, try to build your own... Yeah, build your living end or some, yeah, something like that. Just get enough value from your spells that you don't care about looting. I'm, of course, playing Fable of the Middle Breaker in here because it's both a great value card, a great discard outlet, and a great something great to get back. So it works on all axes. I feel like the structurally, Epicali, their seals control deck has a lot of what I was imagining I would put in this bring to light, scape shift, dryad of the Elysian Grove deck, right? They're also playing four dryads. So what if we just like merge these, right? Make sure that you have the four bring to lights. Yeah, I was like, take, a, take something like first run against least, go down on the lake, on the overwhelming splendor, somewhere conversions, prismary command, and just go seals. Plus, medium cards like a Spirited Companion, or like play a mid-range deck that has Ring to Light for a resurrection belief that's more powerful than an Eve. If we're playing a Ring to Light deck that's gonna look for a suspend, your baseline has to be at least Neve. If it's not powerful than Neve, just play Neve. <laughs> but we don't want to fill our deck with two color cards. No, no, on the contrary, like I don't want to play Neve in this deck. I'm just saying, you need your Ring to Light to be at least as. Value efficient as a Niv Misset would have been. Well, because that would be the dream, but a Niv is Niv. No, I mean, I don't think that's that impossible. Like, getting back one Fable of the Mirror Breaker and two Seals, I think is more powerful than a Niv. Or at least equally as powerful, because it's going to net you as round as many guards, but it's going to put them into play. I mean, if that also gets back an Urza Saga and a Dryad or something. I mean, yeah, I think this could be... I think Bring to Light is the angle we should pursue yeah. first. Uh, especially on a list like this one, when you're just trying to play a mid-game, a mid-range game. But I really think something like One Spirited Companion, Two Seals, an Ursa Saga plus X, which is not something insane, right? You're going, like turn one Seal of Removal, turn two Spirited Companion, it's going to die because they die, that's what they do. In turn three, I want to on a fetch land, you fetch, you play something else, and on turn four... And turn 3 you play a Fable, and on turn 5 you get back a Belief. That's gonna be around that amount of value. Likely more than an Eve. Hmm. 
Okay. So these are just some preliminary explorations. Uh, we have a few more lists proposed in our Discord. I think Dave has been working on some pioneer concepts. But I think that as an initial attempt at just thinking through the problems presented by resurgent belief, this is a good start, right? We're, we're not going to take it all in one chunk. We'll just put this out there. We'll think about it. We'll test a little bit, check in on it next week. And, you know, maybe we can talk about a few more concepts then. But I think this is a good place to start. I agree. I think this, like, I think we have a lot of suitable shells, and I'm particularly intrigued in either the usual Asodius control slash pump for Sky Turtle build, or actually going for something a bit more insane with seals, good 2-3 man enchantments, and a bring to light slash Asphortal payoff. And if you're a Pioneer fan, you're looking for some Pioneer inspiration, we'll get to that next week because David is going to be back and he's got uh, an interesting Starfield of Nyx deck brewed up that is meant to like capitalize on the same resurgent belief concept. Um, I saw another player in our Discord, Lurking Evil, doing something similar with Brilliant Restoration, which is like a seven mana version of the effect. <laughs> um, so Pioneer is going to look, look a little different, but you can do it. And I mean, yeah, to be honest, these are these lists do look pretty sweet. So lots to look forward to and a lot to explore and figure out about resurgent belief. I'm I'm excited to see where this month takes us. I agree completely. So thanks so much for the bonus. I'm really happy resurgent belief won in the end because it gives us this amount of versatility and good ideas, which is great. Well said. Alright, Annie. Take care, have a good trip. Yeah. Bye, Dad. Have a nice night. See ya. Bye-bye. Decklists for this episode can be found at our homepage, faithisbrewing.com. And tune in next time for our testing results, plus the latest technology in Modern and Pioneer. Support for this podcast is provided by brewers like you. Join the Faithless family at patreon.com slash faithlessbrewing for Discord access, bonus content, and more. That's all for today. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.